Hey everybody, this is Taylor. Before we get to today's extra special crossover episode featuring Daryl and myself of the Total Soccer Show, Alexis and Christian of The Cooligans, uh, I should note that part one of that is available in this uh, feed. Part two will be available in The Cooligans feed tomorrow. Uh, there are, I don't know if there's more expletives, but it definitely gets a little wilder in their episode, which is kind of the custom. I also wanted to let you know that we have a returning sponsor on today's episode. It's our friends over at Enclosed. Are you looking for something different? Different for your significant other that might spice things up, why not get them some high-end lingerie from Enclosed? Uh, we're not talking about department store or Victoria's Secret. We're talking seriously high-end products, and with Enclosed uh, size guarantee, their products fit right 98% of the time. That is a high percentage of the time, I'm just saying. So you can sort of remove a lot of the risk you have when purchasing lingerie for another human. Uh, instead, Enclosed does the work. You take the credit for your super upscale gifts every single month. And speaking of those upscale gifts, uh, our listeners can get $35 off any multi-month order at enclosed.gifts. Uh, one more time, that's E-N-C-L-O-S-E-D dot gifts to get $35 off your multi-month order uh, by using the code TOTALSOCCER. Uh, one more time, enclosed.gifts for $35 off with the code TOTALSOCCER. So thank you very much to Enclosed for sponsoring today's episode. Listeners should go check them out because they are wonderful, and they should then continue to check out today's episode Featuring us and the Cooligans. Hello and welcome, my guys, to yet another Total Soccer Show Cooligans crossover episode. Whenever we meet up for any reason, we we're sort of tradition and honour bound to do this. My name is Daryl Grove. I'm joined as ever by the well-dressed Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello. The equally well-dressed Christian Polanco. All right. That's a nice little compliment. And Thank wearing you. sweatpants, it's Alexis Guerreros. <laughs> that's right, baby. Hello, Alexis. <laughs> exactly what you all thought. All right. <laughs> Business casual for Alexis. <laughs> now, this is formal. <laughs> oh, look at him going to a black tie event. <laughs> Media credential questionable casual. Yeah. I, 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 I told you all the story about when I was dramatically underdressed for my very first game, like U.S. game. And the press officer was like, oh, nice of you to dress up. So ever since then, I've been a little bit more mindful of it. It's flip-flops, right? Yeah, well, that and I probably reeked of booze. That probably didn't help either. <laughs> flip-flops and tailgate. Yes. That was, that was, that was like 11 yeah. years ago. It's you, been a while. You and Jurgen Klinsmann showing up drunk to games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that lifeless? No. That's lifeless. That was just a fun joke. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, did I miss something? No, no, that wasn't a real thing. Just a fun joke about what went wrong at the start <laughs> of World Cup qualifying. I can, I can hear my lawyer wife 100 miles away screaming, Allegedly. <laughs> like, you got to get something in there. All right, so we put the call out on Twitter. We asked for your questions. We specifically asked for no pizza-related questions. Oh, we still got plenty, don't worry. We, yeah, yeah, we still got some. We still got some. First one Answer comes, all of them, the trash. First one comes from Matt Leffler. Still have, you guys both, have you guys previewed this? I know you haven't. You don't, you don't do your homework. Have you previewed I, this? I did take a quick look. Okay. Matt, Matt Leffler, a uh, great dude. He was one of the guys who came to the... He was at Audi Field. He was at Audi Field. Yeah, yeah. Field. Field. That's right. Um, okay, Matt Leffler asks, if you were stranded on a desert island with one of the hosts from the other podcast... Christian. <laughs> who would you want it to be and 
boy. Well, oh. if, I guess we're going to be uh, required to, you know, repopulate the earth. So who is going to bear child? <laughs> After this, I'm going to explain the birds. Is that, to yeah. You, yeah. Is that, you took this in a direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm made sure. A choice here. Matt's like, I may have mistakenly <laughs> said that, <laughs> that question. I, I, I want to say Daryl, but. Taylor's good at woodworking, and I'm not building anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Alexis because he's still doing the intermittent fasting. Yes. So that would mean there'd be certain hours of the day where if I found a stash of food, I couldn't eat it. All mine. Yeah. All mine. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> smart. Well, all right. I thought I was hunting hours. Yeah. But as soon as that <laughs> clock ticks, you know your yeah. boy's eating all your food. <laughs> and, and in the meantime, just angrily staring at you. So yeah. that's a good way to get murdered. That'd also, probably having <laughs> diarrhea in the water you like to swim <laughs> in. Exactly. Uh, get ready for it. I was is getting dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of E. coli in those walnuts you found, my guy. <laughs> I want to change my answer. <laughs> You forgot about the riffing, didn't you? <laughs> the constant, never-ending riffing. I was, I was rock, and you're like, I'm done. I was sick in Chicago, as you all will remember, because I was like, not like cute sick. I was like gross sick by the end of it. Christian like brought me cough drops and medicine, so I feel like Christian is the is the provider that I would need to help keep me calm. Alexis would just be so like, Why aren't you making like, that food better? Yeah, and it'd be a problem. Yeah. So you'd have Christian as some sort of nurse. That- <laughs> I, I just trust him to do the the yeah. the medical Everyone, aspect of things because I, I know I don't trust myself care. to do that. Care. Yeah. Everyone knows <laughs> I have very strong maternal instincts <laughs> so. and, and birthing hips. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I think I would I would probably pick Daryl. I'm glad someone would. Yeah, I think Daryl. We have uh, we always have great conversation and we have yeah. a good uh, uh, chemistry where we have a lot of fun jokes. We have a big old jokey time a out big on this island. Time. Yeah, we just have, won't be able to take anything seriously. Uh, probably we, won't yeah. last long. Right? Me and Taylor are taking the raft he built off our island. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Well, you know what? I changed my answer to Alexis now. How about that, Christian? Yeah. yeah. I feel like we do a lot of planning about how to get off the island. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be very organized. Yeah, and then we would steal your boat that yeah. you all built in the middle of the night, and we would leave. Hundred percent. There we go. But we'd still. I'd still poop in the walnuts <laughs> for anybody's keeping track. In the walnuts? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you're, I'm you're impressed have... with your aim, if nothing else. <laughs> It'd be interesting. You have to figure out what's poop and what's a walnut. That's really... <laughs> this this the is the first question. <laughs> this is the first question. <laughs> and we've already gone down pooping in each other's walnuts. <laughs> Okay. Okay, next question. Oh I feel like God. it's time for the next question. Wolfram yes. Wolfram Wolf Goatfish. <laughs> Wolfram Goatfish wants to know. Um, okay, he's been hearing about the TSS Derby, Man United v Wolves, a couple of weeks back, and the winning team's kit adorns the studio door. Mm-hmm. Wolves jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, in the gulliest derby, Arsenal versus Everton. Does the losing team's kit get draped over a trash can until the next rematch? Do you guys do the Arsenal-Everton derby? That's where all Everton kits are kept anyway. <laughs> so why would it matter? Look, I mean, it, I'm not even going to uh, – because I agree with him. You know what I mean? That, that the way Everton is playing currently. You know who uh, loses the uh, the the Cooligans derby or the Gullias derby? Whoever has Theo Walcott right now. <laughs> <laughs> to game of hot potatoes. <laughs> It's a big issue. It's a uh, game of weight. This potato was supposed yeah. to be better. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was supposed to be a you fast know, potato. I squeezed the potato and it seemed good when I got it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as soon as I peeled it, it all yeah. went awry. Uh, we should do something uh, to honor it. In a big, we just kind of just trash each other when it happens. But most of the time, <laughs> yeah. Arsenal does win this game uh, because yeah. they are... 
it's Everton, right? We're being realistic, but we should do something. What I about think you? Just need a giant uh, cardboard cutout of Theo Walcott in an Arsenal jersey and then an Everton jersey, and one of you just has to like carry that around. I feel like that's the way to go with Keep it. Keep it in our apartment. My, yeah, my wife, <laughs> exactly. yeah, my wife would launch it. that thing out the window. First <laughs> uh, I think in the international gully is Darby. Yes, Cuba versus La República Dominicana. Yes, who won? In the last one. So this did happen recently, right? Yes, what, this, uh, this last what was year the competition? In the, uh, Nations League. Nations League. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the, oh, the, quali- that the qualifying. qualifying yeah. Yeah. There's a table of 20 teams, but yes. they only played four games each. Exactly. <laughs> so the, yes. <laughs> whoever paid the most, I mean, whoever played. <laughs> Cuba did win this game 1-0 off right. uh, just a bad, poor deflection. and then they, uh, they Was scored. any part of it good? <laughs> no. I was going to ask you, uh, though, Alexis, like for tonight, we're recording the trip before USA Cuba. Like, are you, are you going to do like the Homer Simpson thing of like start off? Off repping Cuba, and then as soon as the first goal goes in, are you gonna like fade out and come back in a U.S. jersey? Or what's your approach to this? I one? am a fan of the U.S. men's national team, but I'm also uh, we said this on our uh, social media. If Cuba scores one goal, <laughs> I may never get a press credential. Again. <laughs> Very likely. I think you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like everyone's chill there anyway. <laughs> no, I mean they're not scoring. Yeah. <laughs> Next question comes from Daniel Kirkland. Alexi Lalas said on Twitter recently oh boy. that Carlos Vela would Correct. be in his list of top 20 players in the world. I'm going to let that sink in. Top 20 per- currently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is he just trolling us? Is Alexi just trolling us or is there any possibility that a sane person could believe that? <laughs> the answer is Alexi's always trolling. <laughs> <laughs> He's always we- starting conversations, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, at the very least, he's like uh, at least – Supporting American soccer in this ridiculous sentence, yeah. Right? Uh, so, so, but Carlos Vela, uh, as you know, he, obviously he's a very good player, it's but a magnificent not, player. Great, but but there, I could find twenty players exactly. Than him. Yeah, yeah. T- twenty is not the number. He wouldn't he, he crack fifty. Yeah. So we did. We were sort of talking about this in the car, mm-hmm. right? Because we did our homework, and I was saying like, okay, you can say Messi's better, maybe Ronaldo's better, whatever sure. like that. But you could also just easily drop down the list and say Pierre Emerick Aubameyang is probably a better player. Than Carlos Vela. Of course. Right? And then yes. you know there's like a big gap in between that he's not cracking the top 20. I'm not so sure of that. You can't even turn up for international duty. Like, <laughs> a top 20 player turns up to play for their country. It's Gabon. Or are you talking about Vela? <laughs> what international duty do they have? <laughs> he's too busy buying bedazzled jeans. No, saying, do your thing, Obama. I'm saying Carlos Vela. I know, Carlos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I don't, there's no one doing what he's doing in their league. Right at the moment, Messi's not playing that well. Yeah. So, is he the best player in MLS right now? Yes. Yeah. Does the best player in MLS deserve to belong, even if he was in the top twenty? I don't think so. Probably not, right? Because of the nature of the competition he's playing. Yeah. Then again, while I'm saying that, I'm going to now play devil's advocate to myself, which is what happens when no one else is in the room. Um, if you know someone like Messi or Ronaldo, they or back when he was in La Liga. In La Liga competition, not always playing the strongest competition, right? Not every team in La Liga is as good as Barcelona. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah yes. the league table yeah. best that have. Yes. They're very yeah. good still. <laughs> yeah, they are very good. All right, I'm just saying, I'm spitballing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no. saying, like, they, they play weaker competition from yeah. time to time, and so does Carlos Vela. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to jump in to say that, like, like a co- he makes at least the top four. I don't know where this road's going. Oh, okay. Top He's the four. best okay. player in MLS. If that, even if he was one of the top 20 players, can he still do that? Can he still be considered I that? I think maybe great on a curve. The way to do this, I think, is to think that it's impossible to rank players playing in different leagues. Yeah. It's kind of just the, 
but you you can't do it, right? Uh, one, one of your play- fans who's also a statistician is flipping out right now <laughs> because I'm sure there's an algorithm. But you can't take what Carlos Vela's doing against uh, lowly paid fullbacks in MLS and say that proves that he's better than at least 20 Premier League players. I mean, like, right? one, of the, one of the things he we talked be, about... He might be, but there's not proof of it because he's not doing it inside the Premier League. Like, yeah. we talked about on the way up, like, I think this is the only question we actually discussed in somewhat, like, depth. Yeah. And, like, I was making the point that, like, is Raul Jimenez, like, significantly worse than Carlos Vela? Like, would Jimenez come in and be a strong player in Major League Soccer? Probably not set the goal-scoring record, but I think he would do just fine and score plenty of goals. And with that in mind, to me, I'm like, well, yeah, but, like, Jimenez is certainly not near that conversation. So, to me, yeah. Vela, while a very, very good player, I would not put in the top 20. Certainly there we not. go. So, then I, the question he, becomes, why did Alexi Lalas say it? To get us to talk about yeah. it, mention yes. his name four times, and he succeeded. <laughs> yeah, and we he talked did. about MLS, right? Yeah, there we go. Alex Ellis knows what he's doing. Yeah, and he's, he's very good at really it. good at his job. He's in the top twenty um, Twitter MLS promoters. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm number one. <laughs> Ready for one? Oh, this one's directly to the Cooligans. Right? Right. So we, I guess we don't get to answer this. <laughs> Robert says, if the Cooligans had the opportunity to throw cold spaghetti at any soccer player. Who would it be? Is that a thing y'all have done or discussed, or is this just a random question? I'm afraid this guy knows me from high school. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I've never thrown cold spaghetti at someone. No, that was when you threw limp noodles at people. Yeah, yeah, that was my prom night. Please, it's very true. Um, you like, I, know, I know the milkshake thing is like against like that Neil yeah. Farage. So you, th- you would throw a milkshake at say Lucas Moura. Did, did they get? <laughs> yeah. Did they get the wrong like stereotypical Italian food? Did, did they mean pizza? <laughs> yeah, I don't is know. What, what what's the insult of the spaghetti being cold? I guess if it was hot, you would burn them. So yeah. be <laughs> less malicious. I got, I got a list for that. It, for it would sure. be, <laughs> I guess actually think of it kind of like the milkshake because it's not dangerous, right? Like hot spaghetti would. But be. it's meant to embarrass. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So what was the question again? If you could throw cold spaghetti at any soccer player, who would it be? And any soccer player. Yeah. Well, any soccer player. Who do we dislike that enough to? Throw Am I with Alexis them? and Christian if this happens? Can I answer this? I mean, they're, they're struggling, so yes. Um, if, <laughs> if I'm with them, because I feel like I might be able to outrun Alexis, Zlatan. And then, I would just, and then I would just try to outrun Alexis. I don't <laughs> have to outrun Zlatan. Belt. I just got to outrun Alexis. That's all you have to do when I'm there. If a bear attacks, just beat me. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess, um, I mean, the first person, I, I guess somebody awful enough that I would like feel okay with myself throwing. Uh, Jeff Cameron? A, drunk Jürgen Klinsmann. No, Jeff Cameron. <laughs> Jeff, I was going to say Cristiano Ooh. Ronaldo. All right, there we go. Enough. Jeff yeah. Cameron and Cristiano. I wouldn't feel Ronaldo. bad about my, you know, about doing it. That Jeff Cameron, Ronaldo's reaction to that would be <laughs> something special. To watch. He'd freak out just because there's carbs on. It. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> gonna, he literally he hasn't t- literally touched pasta yeah, for like yeah. 14 years. He's not yeah. allowed in a room with it. His All body right. would break out. We have another food question. This is gonna be the last food question. I'm gonna skip any future food questions. Uh, Christian Mendoza. Why are Mexican tamales so much drier and less tasty than Salvadoran slash Honduran? First of all, I'm back down again. This is, first of all, this is going to cause a lot of beef, but he's 100% right. Okay. Have you ever had, like, uh, more Central American tamales? No, uh, not, not to the point where I've known where it came from or paid attention to any of that, no. So to call someone's tamales tough would be like an Italian calling someone else's fresh mozzarella tough. Like, it's very disrespectful. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, and here's the thing. I grew up with Cuban tamales, which have... So much more meat inside and uh, a lot more seasoning, and it's not just the cornmeal. I think Mexicans really lean on the corn flavor because they have what's considered the crown jewel 
of heirloom corn. They have the most corn flavor. Like, we grow sweet corn here. You so said this, this is, is the last food question, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think that's why. So uh, Mexican corn still makes Alexi Lalas' top 20. <laughs> okay, I'm glad. Saved it. Yeah. You saved it. I said Mexico's got the best corn. You can't get mad at me, y'all. I was dozing off, but then you brought me back. And if this was an episode of Top Boy, corn means bullets. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Taylor jumping in real fast. Much more still to come from our conversation with the Cooligans, obviously. And a good reminder that you can also find part two of that interview on the Cooligans feed tomorrow. That would be Thursday, October 17th. Uh, But for now, I wanted to take a moment to let you know about today's sponsor, our friends over at Feels. Feels is a better way to feel better. Their premium CBD will help keep your head clear and help you feel your best. It's been proven to greatly reduce anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. So uh, if you are a U.S. men's national team, fan who is still sort of dwelling on that loss to Canada, as you probably should be. If you're anxious about the state of the U.S. men's national team, if you're having difficulty coping with the high-stress reality of losing to Canada, uh, if you find yourself restlessly pacing around your home, wondering if things are ever going to get better, then I would say feels is your shortcut to feeling better until the U.S. actually starts to perform uh, to the standard that we've come to expect from like years ago, not two years ago or a year ago, but like before that, when the U.S. was good and fun to watch. Uh, Feels naturally helps you reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. Maybe Burhalter could have some of that to maybe take the tension off a little bit and feel slightly better about where things are. Uh, It works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high, there's no hangover, there's no addiction. Um, So if you're interested in seeing what Feels has on offer and how it could work for you, you can join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month. So you can become a member today by going to feels.com slash TSS and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash TSS to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. One more time, that's feels.com slash TSS. Get some feels, feel better about the U.S. men's national team, feel calm, feel relaxed, feel good to go for future games. Uh, Until that might occur, I'll turn it back over to us talking to the Cooligans about random Twitter questions. All right, next question. <laughs> it's true. Costa Caliagos. Costa Caliagos asks, if a Vardy Rooney wife story, I'm sure you guys saw this story. Are right? you kidding me? I am here for it. Were to come out with the latest U.S. men's national team squad, which two wives or girlfriends do you think it would be between? Taylor, I want to go to you first because you weren't involved in the last two questions. Oh, it's fine. I... I that's you've made a mistake there, my friend, because I do not have an answer because I genuinely don't know if any of the players have like identifiable enough wives or There's girlfriends. No, Jill, no. Jill Altador is dating Sloan Stevens, okay, uh, which is one of, my, okay. one of my picks. Yeah. Oh, but does he count? Because he's not in the squad anymore. Is he allowed? Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he was in the original 26. Then sure, because yeah. yeah. there's one that we know. Like, <laughs> okay. I mean, but uh, yeah, I, I, I can't really say. It's tough because... But Sloane like, Stevens would injure her thumbs while uh, <laughs> typing the Instagram post. It would just be on brand for the couple. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you pull a hammy? <laughs> Talking smack on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so much shade. <laughs> I threw too much shade. It's funny. It also makes me cry. Yeah, uh, yeah so that's my answer is I don't know, basically. All right. Well, we don't know enough about the It's sort of a team. shame that like the uh, soccer players the, the wags are not high profile sort of yeah. enough and we don't know anything but it just it speaks to because we gotta get better players aren't high profile enough to attract the interest of the general general public yeah the sport in itself the, yeah. I think the players themselves are not sort of uh, uh, encouraged to be about themselves yeah. I think that's very much about the, the, the culture of American soccer uh, yeah there's so much more in fact I want to remix this question I'm going to say Ashlyn Harris <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Allie Krieger's wag. And uh, uh, what's it? Uh, Simon, uh, Simon Bales? Simone, Simone Bales? Simone Biles? Simone Biles. <laughs> Simon Bales. <laughs> My brain works sometimes, I promise you. <laughs> who is Simone Biles uh, dating? Who, who's the girl that uh, uh, Josie's dating? Sloane Stevens. Stevens. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you thought yeah. it was Simone that person. <laughs> I don't know the name. Sliding off camera. I think this is exhibit A in my gymnast? argument that we don't know enough a people. Ti- what is a very tiny okay, gymnast? So the answer is Sloane Stevens, but it would still be Rebecca Vardy. <laughs> yeah. Sharing the post. <laughs> I thought, I thought I had missed a story wait, here. Wait, he's not dating the confused. gymnast? No. He's Who's dating? he dating? Sloan Stevens, a tennis this player. player. <laughs> <Ugh>. Okay. <laughs> I should pay attention to more. You need just, to put on I a just drew our conversation. Yeah, I, also, yeah, I said the name seconds ago. Yeah, awesome. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I was thinking about the mafia. You? <laughs> You're still on heirloom corn? <laughs> yeah. Okay, next question. Okay, Sean Hardgrove. I mean, I'm taking gambles here because I'm, I'm about to read questions without pre-reading them. Uh, Sean Hardgrove says, instead of trying to make amends with fans, U.S. soccer seems to be antagonizing them at every opportunity. The equal pay thing, the coach GM hiring time, ticket prices, etc. Are they aware of how angry and distrustful fans, especially the men's national team fans, are? What should they do to turn it around? All right, it's a big question. Uh, there's a lot of questions there. Well, we, we spoke to when we spoke to Grant Wall recently, we kind of uh, had this conversation about like how aware is U.S. soccer of like people's displeasure. Mm-hmm. And I think they are aware, but that yeah. that is not necessarily the thing that's going to make them change. I think they are focused on their vision, regardless of how people feel on yeah. how we get there. Why don't they care? I don't know. I don't know. I, well, let's I think. I think we have to stop. Every other country has uh, a federation that acts as sort of the harbinger for that national team. Ours acts more like um, an event coordinator or an event organizer. So everybody has a role. One person's role is to maximize, you know, profits. So they're yeah. going to do it. The other, so no one's sitting there. I don't think anyone really sort of believes in this sort of holistic view of what a national team does because in this country it doesn't. It's a for-profit organization. Even well, though mean, it's, it's a non-profit. I get it. Let's be honest. You know, <laughs> they, they need to fill the bucket even if they're not going to keep it as profit. Yeah, you're right. That's why ticket prices are high for friendlies. We were talking about this the other day, right? That's where they make them. Like, ticket prices, right. um, I know we got media credentials, but ticket prices for this game we're going to tonight at Audi Field were actually pretty reasonable, right? They were like 20-something dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I think when it's, we were talking about this, when it's like points on the line, They'll go to an MLS stadium, a smaller stadium, and they'll have reasonably priced tickets. But when it's a friendly, it's like, all right, let's paint an NFL stadium, and some of the tickets are like $200. And honestly, they would happily probably sell one ticket for $500,000 and just have one fan there if they, if yeah. they could get away with it because that's where they make their money. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think – I think everything – I think when the fans are upset, I agree with the fans. Um, but we're looking at soccer from the last four or five years – and I think a lot of the organizations that run soccer in this country are still in what was it like 20 years ago and we're free to slide back there. Mm. So while they're getting good, let's get it. You know, it's a very capitalistic approach. Yeah. I think I have a theory on the ticket price. My theory, I don't know if this is, uh, makes any real sense, but I do think that the high ticket prices, especially for those games that are uh, the notable and impo- no, important, I think that the games oh. – um, the, the, as far as the competition and the concern of uh, having too many fans from another country, the away team uh, there, I oh, think... Oh, like the Red Bull game? I, at, the, yeah, uh, I, Costa Rica, I, US game? I think Red the Bull prices Arena. are high because they're trying to price out the opposing team. Oh, really? That's my guess. I've always had that feeling. Like they, it's like the 
because this has always been an issue. But maybe the strategy is let's get the ticket prices higher, get U.S. fans who care about the team to, to show support, make money there, have less away fans, and have a better chance for our team to win. That's my theory. There's no way that's what they're doing. I, I think they're just trying to make money. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, mean I think I, there, there is maybe some truth to what Christian is saying. Like, but I think the thing that I go back to, to Alexis's point about it being a business, while it is a nonprofit, like I think about when we were, uh, we were all in Philly uh, for the coaches' convention way back when, and there was like the presidential, the U.S. soccer presidential election. Yeah, that's where we all first met. And only yeah. Carlos Codero was like, we don't actually have a $150 million surplus. We have like this that we have to pay for. We already have these costs committed. Like it's not this. And everyone else kind of was operating to the assumption that they did have that. Yeah. And I think if you extend that further, I think that's kind of how they operate. It's probably there's a bunch of stuff that they don't make public that we don't know. That it, even if people are really frustrated that like, for example, like maybe they talked to Ernie Stewart like six months before they made it public. But the, and so like when everyone else is like, why haven't you hired anybody? They're like, yeah. well, we're already talking to people, but you don't need I to mean, know. I mean, they definitely talked to Greg Berhalter for a long time before yes, they announced they did. that they were talking to Greg Berhalter. So right? I, I do think that they function from a perspective of like, we're running as a business. Like you guys don't really need to know what's going on until like the team is on the field and then you're welcome to to pay money for that and i also think they don't want to lower ticket prices because there's a thing like you know it's why apple charges more like you want to create this idea of exclusivity and it's this unique product perceived value yeah and if as soon as you drop the ticket prices to 10 bucks then you're saying this national team is worth ten dollars yeah so i think that's where it's so exclusive no one shows (laughs) up yeah (laughs) let me see your shoes <laughs> I think, uh, I think fr- the most frustrating thing. In the last time you were at a club, <laughs> based on that, that recreation, ninety-seven. Yeah, I was going to say seventy-nine from that. What I just did. Um, it was in Germany too. Uh, <laughs> um, I think the most frustrating part, and the, the core of everything we've all said, the, all the different things that are frustrating about what U.S. soccer does, is all stems from the lack of transparency. Yep. Whether it yeah. comes from a place of you probably should know what's going on behind those closed doors because maybe we're not fully in control and or there's too many voices or whatever it is or it would cause too much mayhem. Whatever the case is, I don't know why they decide that they want to be this way, but because they are this way, it is causing all these other issues. I think it's about projecting power. Right? I think the history of the U.S. Soccer Federation is for a long time, soccer wasn't that big a deal. And they almost had to front as if, like, oh, yeah, we're a really well-run operation. Soccer is a serious sport. And now that soccer is a serious sport, I think they've still – there's just a cultural mindset of projecting, like, yeah, we're super on top of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, they're I saw, all, and they're always trying to – We're totally in control. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. I saw somebody post on Twitter that, like, it doesn't matter how far away we get from 1999. Like, it's been 20 years since then. I will still think the 90s were last year. And maybe that's Major League Soccer as well yeah. and U.S. Soccer as a result too. It's like it's still 1999 when we barely made it to or, World Cup and like didn't do well. And ESL just folded. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? We're still yeah. in that panic yeah. mindset yeah. trying to present as if everything's good. I also – one final thought I have on this is I think a lot of the frustration people have with U.S. Soccer is – indirectly related to just how well the U.S. men's national team is doing. Like if or the, not well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if the, because the team's not doing that well right now, like World Cup failure and all that sort of stuff, um, I think people get frustrated with U.S. soccer. As soon as that team looks good and starts winning, people will kind of forget the various frustrations. Yeah, well, you'll sort of forgive it too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, I, and I think the American soccer, the U.S. It's like judging a president on the economy when, or gas prices. It's like judging a president on gas prices. Right. When sometimes the gas prices are not the president's uh, Exactly. Right. Yeah, well, I, 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 to... The U.S. men's national team, like the, their fans, I'll give them credit. I think uh, 
they are more forgiving than other fans. We, we'll, we have a very long leash with what we yeah. we don't expect to win the World Cup. We just want to get there and and maybe look okay and, and look competitive. Get uh, out of the group. Yeah, it's really get out of the group and you're good. And and I think uh, U.S. men's national team fans will understand and be okay with it. But if you can't even reach those the, that those bars that we set after yeah. you know after the, the '94 World Cup. Is, uh, set forth this generation of people being like, all right, well, I guess we we should expect something from this yeah. national team, and we haven't, uh, you know, or, or at least there's like a, a downslide at the so moment. So we set a low bar, and you tripped over it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but one, to, one more thing. Well, to your your point about the gas prices, though, like, yeah. but but this is the case that the president did oversee the rise in gas prices. Like, like <laughs> U.S. soccer oversaw where we are right now. This is true, but it's like you're only taking one metric and judging the whole thing by one metric. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. At the same time, the women's team won the World Cup. Yeah. yeah. Right? Which is uh, insane. You, but, which they you, still managed to screw up with the equal I was going to say, but yeah. can you argue that that's in spite of the Federation, not because of it? I mean, only if you want to make the Federation look bad, right? They still they hired Jill Ellis. This is true. You know what I'm saying? This is very true. Yeah. All right. Well, you I listened to Hope Solo first, and she said uh, Jill had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no <laughs> access to grind there at all. <laughs> the, church of, the Church of Hope. <laughs> Neither of the two World Cups she won. Yeah. yeah. Don't. don't Give her All right, place. next one. Paul Nichols asks, "How many defectors do you project?" Right, this, oh. is, this is an Alexis question. Uh, hopefully, all of them <laughs> run towards the southern end. I'll leave the door open. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrate like you scored a goal when no one's looking. As soon as U.S. scores their seventeenth goal, Can we, run out the other goal door. I want to take bets now on like. From, I think we've tried about three different ways in which Alexis may never be granted a press credential again. <laughs> Like, yeah. I really want to take bets on, like, is it because he'll support Cuban defectors? Yeah. Is it because he's going to say something in the press box he shouldn't? If you it could be any I number of things. If you think if I have a chance, I won't slide a door open for him. <laughs> you're dead wrong. Uh, I mean, who knows? I, it, it's, uh, the, last time they, uh, the last time they were here in the Gold Cup, Cuba mm-hmm. made it to the Gold Cup. Yep. Uh, and they, how many people defected? I think four. it was like four or, four or five. Uh, so I One think, already defected yesterday. Yeah. Well, yeah, a- I'll just say, actually, this question, you guys, your Twitter account replied to it. We already have one. Yeah. yeah. So what happened? Do you know the story? The, yeah, he ran from the hotel uh, yesterday after training. Into D.C.? Just he just ran into D.C. Into DC. Yeah. It's yeah. the new Watergate scandal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, isn't it usually like, like there's like some, some sort of a family member or some distant relative? Somebody that's, waits with them, takes them away. Yeah, 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 yeah all right. Yeah. Is that what happened to Ozzy Alonso? Ozzy also broke out during a, uh, at the hotel. Hotel seems to be where they lose sort of full mm-hmm. security on, on some of the players. Yeah. And there's another one where somebody like walked away in a Walmart parking lot, I think, and had yes. and had a family member pick them up. Maybe that was one of the guys who played against the Kickers. There right. was two from Charleston a couple Did years you ago. Read I I've actually forgotten his Ozzie name. Alonso, Ozzie Alonso was on the kick on the battery, Charleston battery. Yes, he was. That seems to yeah. be a common landing yeah. place for a lot yeah. of Cubans uh, who've either defected or Cuban Americans. Did you? Uh, we were researching the other day. There's a guy who's playing for Cuba right now. Unless I don't think he's definitely not the guy that defected because mm-hmm. he um, just legally plays for Reno. Yeah, in the US Championship, he just like he was playing in Cuba. He just applied for a visa, and just like has gone the sort of you know there's the, one player that the regular plays paperwork. Route. The problem is, is that the money, even though it's not much, it's more than what they get in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, that money goes directly to Cuba. He can't. He gets like a stipend. He doesn't get oh. paid here. So that's the big issue with players that want to go the, the sort of reverse end. There's a bunch of Cuban players, I think it might be two or three, that play in uh, Liga MX. Okay. Um, and there's one that's really popular. In a non-defector kind of way. Just in a non-defector, yeah, yeah. They have like relations where they're allowed to do that uh-huh. uh, easily. And the money goes back to Cuba. Like it goes to Cuba, whether, it's, whether it's overseen by Cuba and goes to his bank or something. They monitor how much he's making. Maybe the upside of this could be that the Cuban government could, could – 
put pressure on USL to raise wages when yeah. they see how much is being sent back. Yeah, well, no. I mean, <laughs> you see what they make in Cuba? <laughs> like, you get paid in how many pieces of toilet paper? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Good God, you millionaire. Oh, okay. okay. Next question. By oh, the way, boy. I'm going to half past for the switchover. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. um, inside the 18. Let's go. Michael Majid. Mm-hmm. It's oh, Michael Majid. Let's do it. What are your thoughts on Victor Valdez being fired by Clivert from La Masia? And is it an uphill battle for former goalkeepers? I knew it would be a goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> um, to gain respect as head coaches slash managers. Basically, is it harder for goalkeepers to get respect as coaches? Well, after Brad Friedel debacle, uh, <laughs> I would hope so. I think I think goal- it was all fine till Brad Friedel. Right? Yeah, yeah, everything was great. <laughs> he sank the whole. Yeah. I think goalkeepers have that thing in them where they're used to sort of watching the game from just outside the outfield and they're arranging the defenders. Yeah. so they have it in their head. Like, like that was how- one of the Brad Friedel problems, right? He would stand behind the goal. Yeah. instead of on <laughs> Dude, the, the, wrong in the dugout. Place. Yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, catchers in baseball always view themselves as coaches because they're picking the pitches. You know. Okay. I think it's that. I don't understand that- any of what you just said. But- All right. So there's a sport that's like rounders, but more boring. Uh, <laughs> so I think because of that, I think goalkeepers have it in their heads that they just make great um, coaches. I prefer probably a defensive midfielder or a midfielder because mm-hmm. they constantly have to track back and forth. What do you think, Taylor? Coaches I mean, has got – I'm trying to think of famous uh, – It's like tough. Walter Zenga came and coached Wolves for a while, and it was insane. He was not good. Was and Pr- he has had like a job a year for 15 years. He never stays anywhere. Was Prudhomme a goalkeeper? Prudhomme was a goalkeeper, okay. yeah, Belgian guy. That yeah. might, I think – was he coaching Belgium? He was coaching somebody decently high up at some point. But like I, I struggled to think of successful or consistently successful goalkeeper head coaches as opposed to goalkeeper coaches. The only one I can think of is the current Wolves manager – Nuno Santo. I was going to say, wasn't his Nuno Santo a goalkeeper? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but even he, but like he, I feel like is an outlier. Last two coaches have been goalkeepers. That's weird. There is the stigma about goalkeepers that they're a little bit crazy, right? Yeah. Like they're a little bit wild. They're a little bit like because they're used to just being by themselves. They train by themselves. They only train with other goalkeepers. They're the drummers of soccer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And but like I don't know how to extend that analogy further to coaching, like a band manager. Um, yeah. But I, th- I think that's part of it is that like if you spend all your time with a goalkeeper coach with other goalkeepers training that way it probably doesn't necessarily set you up to be like understanding everything that's being conveyed to everybody every, all, all the time the way you would say if you're a central midfielder, you're probably used to what everybody else is being told what to do because you've got to know where they are. And there's also, I think in terms of Michael's point of the lack of respect, it could be that, okay, if you are coached by, let's say, Johan Cruyff, You've seen Johan Cruyff play soccer. You know that he knows how to play outfield. Of course. I think the goalkeeper's job is so different right. that people might have been thinking, well, what do you know about yeah. playing midfield? It's almost a Brad different Friedel. sport. Yeah, <laughs> it is. You're, it's a very different role. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. very much so. Absolutely. It's like, it's like if a yeah, drummer that, touched... That's why Friedel kept telling them to just pick it up and run. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, like, that's fine. As long as you don't leave the box, you can put your hands on it. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll say this. There was a time I did speak to a New England Revolution player before Brad Friedel... Humble brag. Um, I'll just say, I, I'm not going to say who it was because I don't want to get anyone in trouble. But when uh, Brad Fiedel did uh, sign with the Revolution, he was very concerned that it was a goalkeeper coach. It was a goalkeeper mm. as uh, the, mm. the next manager, and he was not excited about what that would look like. And wow. he was 100 percent correct. Turns <laughs> out he was right. He or she? We're not going to say <laughs> we which know. New England Revolution player. <laughs> Could have been one of the famous wives or girlfriends. <laughs> Could have been. Could have been. Yeah, exactly. I, I saw. Uh, it was Lee Wynn. He left. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Lee Wynn. <laughs> it was uh, just uh, Colleen Rooney was uh, just talking a lot of smack on her Instagram, and I, that's why I got and this information about yeah. <laughs> It was da, 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 Brad Friedel. <laughs> and the other thing I would add, because I don't know about the, the exact Clivert uh, situation, but one uh, recently somebody told me I look like Patrick Clivert. 
That, I got that recently. Hmm. I have a picture of him right here in front of me. I yeah, can I see think that. I'm people sticking with Nani. just think black people look alike. <laughs> I think that's all it is. It's really racist. You guys got to stop this. No. You got somebody else, too. You got... I mean, I get a million, but this was a new addition to the list of, of, of footballers, uh, ambigu- uh, ethnically ambiguous footballers that Christian Polanco looks like. That is the list. <laughs> that I, could be an Instagram account. <laughs> please. Feel free to create it. That sounds like a good Tumblr. For yeah, Instagram. 100%. Tumblr is back. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, any uh, any other questions? Or, or uh, what, we do, do but I feel we're about at the halfway point here. Yeah, so I agree. I'm willing to turn this turn this over to you guys. Um, if you've been listening to this on the Talk Sock Show, you'd like to hear part two. Go and subscribe to the Cooligans podcast. You yeah. can hear part two over there. If you don't want to give them the downloads and you're going to end it right here, <laughs> I will say on behalf of Alexis and Christian and Taylor, thank you for listening. And Taylor and I will talk to you soon.